Oh boy, does it feel good to be back. The Inquisitive Mamba Podcast, episode 44. Oh my goodness, it feels so good to say that. I have so much to get into uh, in tonight's show. I'm actually uh, living in Los Angeles now. I'm living on the West Coast. I'm living that West Coast lifestyle. Well, you guys know me. I love to talk about sports, so I got a ton of sports to talk about. A little bit of recap of my life these past four months. I still can't believe I haven't recorded in four months. It's been so freaking insane, but I'm now living in Los Angeles, and uh, I finally, finally can able to record again. It's been hectic, but last night I went to a UCLA, Arizona game and uh, Pac-12 football, and to say the least, both offenses showed up. It wasn't a disappointment on uh, on either end, but uh, yes, UCLA's head coach is still Chip Kelly. I mean, they're, they're hanging on uh, by a thread. Uh, some fans from UCLA thought they were going to win the Pac-12 or still think they're going to win the Pac-12, but that's clearly not going to happen after that dreadful loss to Arizona last night. And uh, around halftime, I was walking around the stadium and uh, I was grabbing myself a hot chocolate because it was like 45, 50 degrees. It was just really, really cold there. And I, moving to California, you don't think that it's, it's going to get that cold, but hey, what do I know? So I'm walking around the stadium around halftime and I approach an Arizona fan and I ask him, I say, well, this quarterback that you guys have, Jamie Delora, is pretty good. I mean, his stats are you know good this season, and he's looked good this game. So why are you guys three and six? And he told me, he said, the reason why we're three and six is because of our recruiting and our new coach. And I was like, well, who's their head coach? And he said his, their name was his name was Jeff Fish, or excuse me, Jed Fish. And I just I didn't know who that was, but I guess he was a, a Patriots uh, former uh, coach, but. He was telling me Arizona is going to be on the rise in the next couple uh, years, and he might not be wrong, mainly because Arizona uh, is going to be staying in the Pac-12 as USC and UCLA are going to be leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten in the next uh, two years or so. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, for a little recap of that game, um, you know, it was a good game overall. Uh, UCLA couldn't pull it off. The Arizona ended up winning 34 to 28, and UCLA is just so run heavy the way that they their play style and uh, that quarterback Dorian. Uh, Thompson uh, Robinson, he he played a great game. Um, you know, obviously just Charbonnet was their, you know, main focus on the ground. I think he ran for 180 yards. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, well, watching that game, I'm like, there's no way this team is going to beat USC next weekend. And I'm walk, I'm just thinking, there's no way. And there was only, I think there were maybe have been like twelve thousand fans there coming from a person from Florida who was a big Gator fan watching, you know, uh, Gators, you know, my whole life and, you know, going to that stadium. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to the Rose Bowl. It was US UCLA, Arizona. It was, it was, it was a good show up for, you know, for their, uh, for their program. But that's, uh, that's a little recap of that UCLA, Arizona game I went to last night. So definitely can check that off my bucket list uh, from the uh, Rose Bowl. So moving on to the NFL, how about a crazy day of NFL today? Vikings and Bills, I would definitely say that could be game of the year. Justin Jefferson catch 193 yards on the day for Justin Jefferson. The Vikings pulled it off in overtime at the end. Josh Allen Allen ended up throwing uh you know crucial interception at the last play, on the last play of the game. And now Josh Allen has the most turnovers in the NFL with nine interceptions this season. And I know uh there's you're not there's no way you're gonna write the bills off just yet. It's it's still so early. They're six and three, and it's weird to say because they look like they were going to be dominating the AFC East, and now they have, you know, um uh, the Miami Dolphins right there, right there on their necks. I'm gonna get into the Dolphins a little later on, but but yeah, that uh that Vikings Bills game was it was crazy to say the least. And that fumble uh, right before overtime, I just, I was like, oh my goodness, this game, this game is just insane. But that Justin Jefferson catch on fourth and 18, I think it was one handed catch. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So 
Um, I just finished watching that Niners Chargers game uh, just right around 30 minutes ago. It started 520 my time, normally 820, which is still an adjustment for me. But uh, it was a good game overall. Uh, just watching the Niners, you, you watch them play. They're just so, you know, sound as a team. You know, they're I still think that obviously, you know, Jimmy G is not the answer, of course. OK, but I mean, he you know, he gets the job done. They have all the pieces. I mean, they're, you know, a little banged up right now, but. I mean, they're just they're just such a solid team, and that uh, running back tandem of McCaffrey and Jeff and uh, excuse me, not Jeff Wilson. He was he was on the Niners and he got traded to the Dolphins. Um, not Raheem Mostert. I don't know why I keep thinking of those guys, but no, it was Christian McCaffrey and uh, Elijah Mitchell. That one-two back, uh, you know, punch that now that you can see since uh, Elijah Mitchell is back and he's healthy. The Niners, man, they're just one of those teams that you don't want to play. And especially coming into November and December, they're just, they're just, you know, one of those teams. And the Chargers had that game, you know, I thought in the bag for the most part. But one big thing from that Chargers um Niners game was that uh Dre Greenlaw uh helm was a helmet on Justin Herbert. Now, if you ask me while watching that game, did I think that was, you know, intentional? Absolutely not. But I heard Tony Dungy on the broadcast and he said that uh Justin Herbert, you know, was a you know a a runner in that position where, uh, you know, it's on him basically where, you know, Dre, Dre Greenlaw could, you know, he can only do so much. So should I think he've been ejected for that? No, because at that point, you know, he's a runner, he has the football and it's not like he was defenseless at that, you know, the point in time. So the NFL is, you know, it's, it's, it's going in that position where, you know, they want to protect the quarterback. And I completely understand that it's all about protecting the quarterback, especially after the two of Tugavailoa, uh, you know, concussion you know, situation and the, the two concussions he suffered, you know, one against the uh, bills and then the major one against the Bengals, where some people thought he was probably never going to play again. Now, obviously he's back, but, you know, obviously I understand you want to protect the quarterback, you know, it's a quarterback league and Justin Herbert's, just, uh, you know, a young, you know, star in this league. So, it makes total sense, you know, but do I agree with it? No, I don't think he, the Dre Greenlaw, the linebacker for the Niners should have been uh, ejected from the game. So just a little take on that, but, and, you know, watching the Chargers at the end of that game, you think to yourself, you're like, they're so there's, I wrote this down in my notes. They're so close, but they're so far. I know they're missing Mike Williams. I know they're missing Keenan Allen, but they're just, they're so close, but they're so far. They have the pieces, obviously Joey, uh, excuse me, uh, Nick Bosa's out right now with that groin injury, um, but I just feel like they're just they're just not there. And I know injuries, you know, have killed this team. And you know, everyone's like, are they going to get over the hump? They're going to go over the hump. Well, clearly not. Now they're five and four, and they got to play Kansas City next weekend here in act in actually L.A. So the Chargers, man, they're just one of those teams you just can't figure out. So just a little quick recap of that Niners uh, Chargers game. Lastly, before I before I do uh, move on from that, how about Holly Funga for the Niners, their safety, that rookie? He's been super impressive. He got the interception on Herbert there in that game. He's actually a USC product out here in Southern California. But the Niners, man, they draft well. You know, they're just they're just a you know a solid solid team overall. So I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa. I'm not coming on here to say that. Two is the MVP. I'm not coming on here to say that I was wrong. I still think two is a good quarterback. I never said he was a bad quarterback. I mean, how bad can you be coming from Alabama? I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of Alabama quarterbacks in the in the years that haven't haven't panned out. McCarron, McElroy, etc. But two is in a great system. We all know that. Mike McDaniel is an offensive juggernaut, and they have a lot of lot of pieces around him. They went out and got Teron Armstead at left tackle for him. I understand. I understand that's the quarterback that you want to build around. You drafted Jalen Waddle. You got Tyreek Hill for, you know, a haul. 
You went out and, you know, just got Jeff Wilson to help the backfield and with Moster. They're doing all the right things, but I still watch some of these games and I still just don't think he has that arm strength. And, and anyone can come at me and, you know, tell me that I'm wrong. And I'm always, you know, I'm a student of the game. I'm always willing to learn and wanting to learn. But just sitting there, you know, watching these games and I watch a lot of film. I watch a lot of tape. I'm, you know, really trying to get my knowledge to where I can, you know, be up there with, you know, with the big leagues. I'm, you know, I'm just really starting to dive into the, you know, the game of football at a whole nother level now, not just from a fans, fans, you know, perspective and, you know, point of view, but, you know, watching to a, um, I think, you know, he's a good quarterback, you know, he has the pocket presence. He has the IQ. It's just the arm strength that, you know, that, I think he lacks. And I was listening to Phil Sims and, uh, you know, former uh, New York Giants quarterback, won two Super Bowls with the Giants in, uh, during, during their time with Bill Parcells, I'm pretty sure. But I was listening to him, and he said, two is a good quarterback, but he doesn't have the arm strength. And I think that's exactly correct. I, I, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I have got some friends of mine that are big Dolphins fans, and I tell them, I say, two is a good quarterback. He just doesn't have the arm strength. Now, does he really need the arm strength when you have, you know, Tyreek Hill and Waddle? A lot of the teams are playing, you know, they're not going to play, they're not going to play man on on Waddle and Hill. I completely understand that. They're going to play zone. They're going to play over the top type coverage just because they don't want to get beat deep. Now I get that. A lot of stuff is open over the middle too, but how can I be impressed with the Dolphins? I know they're seven and three and Tua is undefeated this season when he's played. But how can I be impressed with wins over the Lions, the Steelers, the Browns and the Bears. Why why would why would I be impressed over that? Okay, you can you can say they beat the Bills and they beat the Ravens. Okay, you were down big by the big to the Ravens and you almost lost to the you were very close to losing to the Bills. It came down to one play and the Bills weren't even fully healthy. So I'm not extremely impressed by the Miami Dolphins just yet. I keep telling my friend, you got to win the ring first. Let's win a playoff game first. You're seven and three. You're top of the division right now. You got the bye week coming up, and then you got the Texans. After that, your schedule starts to pick up. You got the Chargers, the Niners, the Packers, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Bills. That is going to be the meat of their schedule, which everybody understands that. So that's how I'm feeling right now about the Miami Dolphins. Their defense really showed up today. I will give them that. I I will come on here and I will say the Dolphins, you know, defense showed up today because they were 24th uh, in points per game and they were 24th ranked defense. They were the 24th ranked defense before coming into today. The addition of Bradley Chubb was huge for them. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still not, you know, coming on here and saying, oh, the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl because they're seven and three. They're still the Vikings. They're still the Eagles. Um, there's, 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 there's a couple other teams that, you know, right there in the mix. So that's kind of how I'm feeling and the season's going to progress, you know, but once we get, you know, into, you know, these next couple of weeks here, this home stretch of the season, it's going to be totally different. They're actually going to play real teams. Now, if they start, if they do that against, you know, the Niners or the Chargers or the, you know, the, the, the Bills again, then, okay, then we're talking about a different, different story, but let's pump the brakes. They're very good. You know, they're a very good team. They have the pieces and let's see how the rest of the season goes moving on. Moving on, how about Justin Fields in that Lions game today? I think he ran for over a hundred. It was it was over a hundred yards again today. Now, watching watching Justin Fields, you know, so many people at the beginning of the season were just you know critiquing him and you know criticizing him like crazy because you know he doesn't have the arm and he you know when the pocket breaks down he just he just runs. Of course he runs, but let's think of this: he doesn't have a lot of help. Now, is he going to be your franchise quarterback? I think he is, but. The char, or excuse me, the Chargers. The Bears are doing the right thing. They're building around him. They're they're 
I think I like the addition of Claypool getting out, going out there. You you flip the Roquan Smith trade that that I think that worked out perfectly, and I like their two two running back set with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I do like the way that they're going. Uh, Darnell Mooney's a really, you know, he's a good young player in this league. I love Cole Komet. I think he's a, you know, very solid young tight end and he's only going to get better. Now he, he went out with a knee injury late at the, late at the end of that game, but he had two touchdowns on the day and, you know, just watching that game and, you know, kind of, you know, taking, you know, piece by piece field fields is fields as their whole team. And, and I can, everyone understands that. And it's just, he's just so fun to watch. I mean, last week he broke the record for Michael Vick's all uh, rushing, um, yards in a in a regular regular season game, 178 yards. I think in his last three games, he has 549 yards combined or rushing. I mean, that's insane. So, Fields is fun to watch, but it, obviously, it's also fun to you know watch him and, and watch him in the pocket. And I watched I watched a lot of tape on Fields, and you know, just watching him play, he's just he's just fun to watch. And Bears fans are starting to get excited about him because they went out and you know they got the new coach and Matt Eberflus, and you know it's a whole new system, whole new team. So be interesting to see you know what the Bears uh you know do here you know towards the end of the season obviously they're not going to make the playoffs i don't expect them to but you know just kind of building on some momentum there that they lost by one point at the end so and the lions dan campbell they picked up their first you know road win of the season so you know the the bears are the the bears are you know they're coming it's going to take time but i I think it's going to work out for them so back to back to that bills game I'm watching that Bills Vikings game and I watched it, you know, all the way throughout. I'm sitting there watching it on my TV. And the Bills just I understand Josh Allen's your franchise quarterback. I completely understand that. But they rely on him so much. Every little thing they do, it's like I understand he's your franchise quarterback. I completely get that. But last week against the Jets, you almost lost your franchise quarterback because you're asking him to do so much. I mean, even today he threw, I think he threw the ball over 35 times, even with a bad elbow. Now I'm no doctor. I'm not saying I'm a doctor, but should Josh Allen technically have been even playing in this game today? No, he went down or or earlier in the game and it looked scary. Allen's forcing the ball again. He's back to where he was as in his, in his earlier days when he was a rookie in his second year and he's forcing balls. He doesn't need to force like that last play of the game there. He didn't even need to do that, but they just rely on him so much because they have no run. They have no real run game. They run the three running back set with James Cook, Devin Singletary, and Zach Moss. They like to rotate those three guys in and out of the game. I completely get that, but they're just so Josh Allen heavy and, these last two weeks has come has come back to bite them. I mean, they were up 24 to 10 in this game and they still couldn't close it out. I just think the Bills are just they're there, meant they're there. They think they're there in their mind, but they're not yet. Like, I don't know. I just I still can't figure them out. The Bills are a great team. Can they still win the AFC? Absolutely. Can they still win the AFC East? Yes. But they're they're not as perfect as people put them out to be. It's like every week it's like, oh, the Bills, Josh Allen, nope, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. It's like well, they still have to play the game and they still have to, you know, perform. So a little, little bit of thoughts on that. So how about the Packers Cowboys game? It, it feels like it's always, always, always the Aaron Rodgers show when it comes to Dallas and Green Bay. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine this morning on the phone and I called him and I said, Who do you, he asked me, he said, Who do you think is going to win this game tonight, game today, later today? Packers Cowboys. I said, I'm going to take the Packers. I know that it was a three and a half point spread. And I said the Packers because. Aaron Rodgers just has the Cowboys number, whether it's in Lambeau, whether it's in Dallas, whether wherever it is, Aaron Rodgers finds a way and you can blame Mike McCarthy uh, for that fourth and three there at the end and overtime and they didn't get it. And it was, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of a busted play, but the Packers showed up and now they're, they're four and six. 
am I as you know to be scared of the Packers? No, no. But they won, and it's just it's just Aaron Rodgers, man. He just you can never count him out. How about the rookie Christian Watson though? Three touchdowns on the day, the North North Dakota State product. It it it, it you had to feel good for him being a rookie like that. You drop your opening touchdown in Week One against the Vikings like a a bomb. Rodgers puts it right in his hands. Rodgers looks over at the at uh, the camera and he goes, "Oh man," but. I mean, good for him. Three touchdowns on the day. And is he, you know, has he arrived yet? I mean, I don't know. It's definitely a confidence, you know, boost for him for sure. I mean, you have Aaron freaking Rodgers, you know, one of the baddest um, freaking quarterbacks on the planet still is still always will be. So am I writing off Green Bay just yet? No, not, not with Aaron, not with Aaron Rodgers. Packers love playing those cold games at home in November and December. That's where they thrive. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the Packers for you. And what really, really got me too in that game was is Rogers looked at Aaron, Aaron LaFleur. Uh, Rogers looked at Matt LaFleur after that play call out of the timeout. I think it, it was right at the end of the game. And he was like, almost like, what the bleep basically why would you call that play call because he wanted them to run the ball and usually Rodgers wants them Rodgers wants to throw the ball at all costs of course I completely understand that but the run game was working for them the ground game was working they were you know going with the you know two two back set with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and it was working did it, it, it did it did it cost them no but that's the kind of situation where you think if they would have lost that game everyone would have went back to that that exact that exact play and dissected it, you know, like a, like a heart surgeon. And you sit there and you're just like, Hmm, Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur, which one's going to go first. Is Aaron Rodgers going to stand? Oh, he signed that, you know, contract in the off season, or are they going to let go of LaFleur? So, but Dak though, those Dak through those two early interceptions in the beginning of the game. And I don't know if it costed them, but it, it didn't help for sure. So I remember a friend of mine sent me a thing earlier about Cooper Rush and Dak and Cooper Rush is the, no, Dak's still the Dak's the quarterback. That Dak's Dak no, but um, I think it's safe to say that Tony Pollard deserves to be running back number one. I think he had over eighty yards again today. He sees he just sees he hits the hole. And he he's he goes. He's just he's better than Zeke. I'm sorry. Also, too, this is my thing with Cowboys fans too. If Jerry Jones was smart, he would have let Zeke go and kept Amari Cooper. You know you have Pollard. You have you. The Cowboys have always had a good old line. I, I think since I've for the longest time, and their old line to the start of the season wasn't wasn't that good. But the Cowboys, man, they just the old line is just somehow it's always. I mean, you've had Zach Martin for a while now. Tyron Smith's all up, but that rookie Tyler Smith from Tulsa's been he's been he's been pretty good for them. So. I mean, you, they lost Connor Williams and Leal Collins, and they still, they you know, they still have a good old line. They still, you know, find a way somehow. But I, I really think, you know, the Cowboys should really, at the end of the season, make a decision where, wherever they end up. If it's wild card, if it's you know NFC Championship, whether it's divisional, I definitely think they need to, you know, reevaluate the Z, you know, the Z contract and say, okay, he's making this amount of money. Because uh, I mean, Pollard's a free agent, so I mean, you really have to figure that out because you're, I mean. Realistically, the Cowboys will probably let Pollard walk, and they'll keep Zeke, and they'll, and they'll they'll keep that as well. So, moving on to that Buck Seahawks game, it started at six thirty for me, and I woke up, and I think in the mid mid third quarter, and I looked, and I was like, "Holy crap, the Bucks are up fourteen to three. Where's this Tampa Bay team?" I watched it back too. The Seahawks just really couldn't get into a rhythm. They were playing down the whole game. They kind of made a push late there. Gino made Gino made some great plays with his legs, but that really what killed them was that fumble in the red zone that absolutely killed them. And I, I remember I t- text my friends and I tweeted, I go, 
Oh, there's the Gino that we all love and know, the Gino that turns the ball over. And that, I think that, I mean, obviously I think, I know, that was a crucial, crucial turnover and that definitely costed them, you know. But also, Tampa play, Tampa had a great game plan. They they played really well. The Seahawks, you know, were coming in hot. They were 6-3. and three. You know, the, the Bucs came in with a great, great game plan. Their run game was off the charts today. Leonard Fournette went out. I think he finished the day with 57 yards. And then Rashad White, uh, you know, he he – he did his thing. He was great on the ground. And, uh, I mean, the box, they looks, they looked good today. Now is it's, it's good going into the bye. You're five and five, you get the next week off. I don't know who they play next week, but, or the week after, but it's, it's a, you know, good confidence boost a lot. You know, they got a lot of veterans on that team and, you know, much needed rest for Brady, but Brady looks good today. Uh, you know, I, you know, hands down, Brady looked good today. You know, he was, he was firing all cylinders. The offense was, it did help out with the defense, you know, giving them, you know, that, that much needed help they needed because their defense has kind of been a letdown, you know, for most of the season so far. So, but it was also good for them to get Antoine Winfield back much needed help on the back end. Moving on from that Seahawks. Uh, actually, no, before I move on, I got to go back to my notes. How about that play where Leonard Fournette, Threw it to Brady. Brady lined up out wide on a rookie sensational corner, Tariq Woolen, who actually has five interceptions this season. And then Brady tripped him at the end. That was so funny. I was watching that game in real time and I was like, what are the Bucs doing? You're up 14 to three. You're going to let the Seahawks get back into this game. And then they, they gave him some kind of a momentum. I was like, oh my God, what are they doing? So a little bit, a little bit of, uh, you know, thought, a little, little, little bit of thought from that Bucs uh, Seahawks game. How about the Rams? The Rams, the Rams, the Rams, the Rams, Cardinals. You had John Wolf, John Wolford, what I want to pronounce in it, versus uh, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, the veteran. Uh, you know, Texas is back. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, he, he's veteran quarterback, and he, he he's solid, man. He just wins. So Rams fall to three and six. Yes, you heard that right. Yes, you yes, yes, you did. The Rams were Super Bowl champions last year, and this this season is just they're just all the wheels are falling off the wagon. The wheels are just completely falling off. Stafford was out with the concussion today. Then Cup got hurt midway through that game. He took a major hit to his ankle. Oof, that mean I, I watched that in real time, and that was just rough, 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 rough. I was just like, oh my god! I texted my friend, and I was like, I really think Cooper Cup just broke his ankle. Now the reports came back, and Cooper Cup, I don't think he broke his ankle. They said he. They, um, they he avoided worst case scenario, but it didn't look good. Then you got the Saints. You got the Saints next week. They're a struggling team, but the Saints are a mystery. They got a good defense. They're going to come at you. You know, obviously they're going to give you what they got. And that rematch of I think it was the 2019 NFC Championship game, the controversial PI. So Saints will be out for blood for that game. So, but the Rams. Let's talk a little bit about the Rams here for about 15 to you know 20 seconds. The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. The problem with the Rams is their offensive line isn't very good. They don't have any playmakers outside of Cooper Cup, and Stafford turns the ball over so freaking much. And then their defense, their defense hasn't showed up at all. I mean, they've got key pieces on the defense: Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner. I mean, you, you they still have name brand name guys, and they're just not they're not they're not playing up to their level. And I think some of that has to do with. Is it a Super Bowl hangover? No. I, I think teams have figured out the Rams. I really do. I mean, you don't have any playmakers outside of Cooper Cup. And Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson just got back. I mean, he, I mean, he's, you know, he's solid, but he's not going to, I don't know. I just, the, the Rams are just a disappointment. And I think, I think this season is, you know, probably a wash. The problem with the Rams is they don't have any draft picks. They're, they're very similar. A lot of these LA teams are just like this. They're all about winning win now, win now, win now. And I get that you got Stafford. He's an older quarterback, completely understand that you went out there and you traded for him. So it makes total sense, but 
it comes back to bite you in the butt. It comes back to bite you later on from where you are at this season because last season you won the Super Bowl. And okay, are they were they expected to repeat? Yeah, but look where they are now. They look just like any other team in the NFL. So I don't really have to talk about the Cardinals. They Colt McCoy got the job done today. No, no Kyler Murray. Uh, they're four and six now. Um, but one one person I will say, you know, it stood out obviously was Buda Baker today. He's just he's just great. He's just a great player on the on the back end. He just does everything right, and he is just you know he's just stud. Everything he does, you know, he's great in you know he's great in zone. He's great in man. He's great great at blitzing. He's great at reading you know the quarterback size. Buda Baker's just a stud. There's nothing nothing more to that one. So. I want to talk about Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Jeff Saturday and the Colts. Jeff Saturday won his first game, and people were ripping him like crazy. People are actually people were ripping Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard for hiring for hiring Jeff Jeff Saturday when you had uh, you know Gus Bradley on your staff, who you know did good coach. You, you hired a coach that's never coached in the NFL before, who was an ESPN analyst. But Jeff Saturday knows football. He was around the Colts for years. He understands the game of football. Sometimes it takes a younger coach like that for guys to believe in and for veteran guys to just buy in. It's just sometimes that's how it is. I mean, what was weird to me is is the Matt Ryan thing, right? Okay, so I understand it because Matt Ryan is a veteran and Sam Ellinger is a is a rookie basically in in my book. He's he's very he's young. He he looked awful against the the Patriots. It was completely understandable. So you did bench Matt Ryan, but that was before. That was the you know Frank Reich situation. So now you bring in Matt Ryan, and I think the Colts are at four, five, and one. They beat the Raiders today. The Raiders are a mess. I don't even, I don't even know what to say about the Raiders. But sticking on the Colts quickly, Jonathan Taylor looked like himself. He was back. I think he had twenty carries for one hundred and forty yards and a touchdown. So the Colts aren't going to do. Their Colts aren't going to really do anything. But. I do think it makes sense for them to play Matt Ryan, especially all that money you're giving him. But I think after this season, they they want they should move on from it. I'm sure they will. I mean, I would think, but but yeah, I mean, you know, it it sometimes that's what it takes. You know, a little little bit of fire under your under your feet, and you know, bringing in Jeff Saturday, you know, winning your first game as a head coach in the NFL, it's never easy to get a win. But I mean, it's you know, it's 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 impressive. So, a little little bit of thoughts on the Colts there. So. Moving on to the Raiders real quick. The Raiders fall to two and six or two and seven. Or I think it's two and seven now. But what really, really got me was Derek Carr. He he's a great guy. You know, on and off the field. You know, he's he's a you know, great guy. He's you know been around the NFL a while now, and you know he's you know never done anything wrong. And he was emotional at the presser, and that's what really got me when I saw that. I saw the tweet, and then I saw it on you know highlights and I was like oh my gosh I mean every player pours their heart and soul out into the NFL I mean it's it's a you know it's a you know rough game you're getting hit every play you know you're putting your blood sweat and tears out there I mean these guys have families too and you know Derek Carr getting emotional at the presser and the Raiders have been in really really close games so you just feel for the guy you're like man I mean are they are they are they going to win a game? Are they going to get close? I mean, yeah, they've won two games now, but I mean, they've just been close in a lot of their games. And I can understand, okay, you know, Renfro's out now. He's on IR. Waller's out. So it's been, you know, a bit of a disappointment, but you still have Adams. You still have Jacobs on the defensive side and the, you know, the D-line. You still have Crosby and Jones. Their old line is, uh, their secondaries, uh, their linebackers are, uh. so the Raiders, man, they're just one of those teams where, and Josh McDaniel, 
can do you fire him? No, you gotta get you. It's been it's one. It hasn't even been a full season yet. You gotta give it. You gotta give it a little bit of time. I I have a lot of Patriots fans. I'm a Patriots fan myself, and friends of mine. We want McDaniel's back. We want him back. We want him back. Yeah, I think it'd be great for Mac Jones because what Joe Judge and Patricia have done with him is a whole lot of nothing. But sticking on the Raiders, um. I don't think you can fire. I don't think you can fire McDaniels. It's so early. Josh Jacobs is a free agent after this season, but you need they're getting to figure out in the offseason is Derek. We want do we want Derek Carr as a quarterback going forward, or do we want to draft somebody? Because you're probably going to get a high draft. I mean, probably most likely you're going to get a high draft pick from the way the season the season is going and how it's going to turn out. And a lot of people were like, the Raiders are they could potentially, you know, go all the way with that roster or with that with those weapons and stuff. I never really saw it because I'm not the biggest Derek Carr guy, but He's played good this season. I mean, he had two touchdowns today, no no turnovers, over 245, 250 yards, and it's not it's not all on Derek Carr. They just don't have the roster. They don't have the pieces. They've got the they've got a couple guys, but obviously it doesn't help when you know Waller and Renfrop. But even when they played, they still were just you know missing it. I don't know if there's miscommunication with you know McDaniel's in the offense, or you know obviously their defense is you know just not very good. But moving on from the Raiders and you know the the Raiders moving on from the Raiders short preview of the commanders and the Eagles the Eagles are favored by 11 points tomorrow night Jalen Hurts can make a statement game tomorrow night uh MVP statement game actually because Josh Allen is kind of letting that slip to the you know the wayside but Mahomes is still there as well I'm not really going to talk about the Chiefs and the Jags Jags uh, ended up losing by 10 the Chiefs won Mahomes had a great day uh, former Gator and former Giant Kadarius Tony had, I think it was 100 all-purpose yards today, and then Juju went out and he got hit hard. But Chiefs are the Chiefs. I don't really need to talk about them that much. But um, just a you know short little you know preview of that Commanders Eagles game tomorrow, Heineke versus uh, Hertz, and uh, you know the Eagles you know they're undefeated right now, and it'd be interesting to see you know if the commanders can cover the spread Heineke's fun to watch. I mean, he's, you know, he's just kind of one of those like riverboat gamblers. He's going to give you all he got. He's going to give you all he's got. And he's just going to go out there and, you know, burn a limb and, you know, play. And obviously I think that's kind of how the game will be tomorrow. Eagles should win that game. I'm sure they'll win the game, but you know, just have some fun with it. Take the, you know, take the commanders to cover plus 11. Why not? I honestly might. So going on to college football, you know, quickly here, I'm watching that, you know, Ole Miss Alabama game, and it's close through all the way throughout. And I actually ended up taking LSU uh, plus thirteen against Alabama this weekend. I almost took Ole Miss plus eleven, but I was just like, oh my gosh, is Saban gonna blow the doors off this week? I think what really messed up Alabama these past two games. I mean, they won this game, but they lost the last one. I don't remember the last time Alabama's been scheduled on the road two back-to-back games like that, where they're playing two ranked SEC opponents. Now. It's. I think it's. I mean, it's. It's been quite some time. You had, you had the LSU game where you were favored by thirteen points. You blew that game. I mean, that game was crazy. I wish I would. I wish I could have came on here when I had a. If I had a mic to record that and talk about the game. Oh my gosh, that game was nuts. But back to the Alabama Ole Miss game. They ended up winning 30-24. It came down to, you know, right at the end there. But, you know, Bryce Young made the plays when it mattered. I was one of the touchdowns he threw. Oh my goodness, he he got the ball, rolled out to his right, made the defender miss, and he found Ja'Cory Brooks in the back of the end zone. I was like, yeah, you're going to be seeing that on Sundays. <laughs> so that's where I'm going to leave it at that one. Texas goes down to TCU. Texas was ranked 18th. TCU was ranked fourth or fifth. Or I, I, I had them. I had their, they're, they're, ranked, they're ranked fourth right now. And uh, yeah, so they were, they're ranked fourth, yes. But 
I'm I'm not I'm not really into TCU like that. I, I definitely need to do my research on them. But Texas, I mean, there was six and three before that game, and they were ranked 18th. Now they're six and four. And they're unranked, which they deserve to be unranked. Quinn Ewers was you know super impressive at the beginning of the season, but I just really haven't seen a whole lot there. Obviously, I know they had Bijan Robinson, but I just really haven't seen a whole lot from Texas other than that you know Alabama game. So yes, I think they deserve to be unranked, but. And they only scored 10 points. So, I mean, how, how can you really be, you know, that, that, you know, excited about Texas? So moving on um, to the LSU Arkansas game, I'm a you know huge Gator fan. And it's always pains me to talk about LSU, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, all those other teams, but there's one player on LSU that blew off my screen watching that game. Harold Perkins jr. Yes. You heard that right. I'm sure you all know who he is. If you look, if you watch college football and you understand, <laughs> you watch college football, he is just something special. He's only a freshman and he is just insane out there. He's extremely athletic. I mean, he's he's set, he's he's getting sacks, he's tackled for loss. He ended up with eight total tackles, four sacks, and two tackles for loss as a freshman. He took over that Arkansas LSU game like it was nothing from start to finish. I was just like, oh my gosh, Harold Perkins again. I look over on my phone, Harold Perkins again. I mean, he was just a force to be reckoned with in that game. And LSU, they're just one of those teams, man. I, I just I couldn't figure them out at the beginning of the season. And their offense is still eh, but their defense is really, really coming to play. I mean, especially, especially in that game against Arkansas. I mean, it's Arkansas, but still, I mean, their defense is legit. And they're gonna play Georgia in the in the SEC championship. I can't wait for that game. That's gonna be a fun game. Georgia, you know, Georgia should win that game. I mean, they're you know definitely gonna be the favorites, but Brian Kelly, man, I mean, you got to be impressed, I guess. I mean, now you're 7-2. and two. At first, you thought the wheels were falling off. It was like, oh, they lost to FSU. Uh-oh. Oh, they lost another one. Oh, where is their identity? They found their identity now. They know where they're at now. And uh, Jaden Daniels has been spectacular for uh, for LSU. He's 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 been spectacular. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a breath of fresh air for no Alabama in the SEC championship. It'll be, you know, fun to watch, uh, you know, Georgia and versus LSU. So yeah, I honestly think um, I think uh, I think it'll be a good one. So, uh, anyways, uh, I talked about the NFL. I really, really talked about you know the NFL. I was you know super focusing on that just because you know it's uh, you know it's in season right now, and I'm you know honing in on that. But I also talked about some college football. Uh, to end the show, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA. I don't have any notes on the NBA, but you know I can you know kind of just go off the top of my mind. Uh, the Lakers are three and ten. <laughs> They've just been, you know, kind of a disaster. They ended up beating the Nets tonight with no LeBron, and it was good to see, you know, uh, AD, you know, do his thing. He ended up with thirty-seven and eighteen. Westbrook was four fifteen from the field with 14, 12, and six. So, but they got other guys that showed up tonight. Lonnie Walker, I, fin- I think he finished. He finished with twenty-five points. Uh, Austin Reeves finished with fifteen. So, but I'm, you know thinking about the NBA right now it's so early to tell I mean the Warriors are six and seven or six and eight the Cavs looked really good to start the season they've lost uh four three or four straight now so right now I mean I just don't think there's a clear number one unless it's Milwaukee now everyone Milwaukee feel I feel like they're kind of in their own category right now which makes sense I mean Giannis is on a whole nother level and they're doing this without Middleton so and then Boston in the East, obviously, you know, Boston's great defensively. Tatum and Brown are arguably the best duo in the NBA, if not the best, uh, you know, on the, in the West, you got, you know, the, the Suns right now, there's, they're still at the top of their game. And uh, lastly, the Suns just, 
they don't, I mean, they don't do anything with Jay Crowder. I, I wish they would trade him to a team where he could actually play. But yeah, I mean, the Suns right now, they're, they're at the top of the West. The West is really solid all around. I mean, there's just a lot of teams that are right at 500, but it's still really early. Teams are still, you know, finding their identity. The Lakers, you know, they're still not where they want to be. I mean, hopefully they can, you know, turn it around. They got to, you know, they got a couple days of rest. They don't play the Pistons until Friday, which desperately need that win desperately need some rest for lebron and uh lebron and ad so you know talked about the nba nfl uh i didn't really touch on college you know excuse me college uh baseball but i think that's that's going to do it for us today uh, i really wouldn't want to talk about um you know the nfl and the nba in this one but um like i said we're on spotify we're on apple podcast and we're on tiktok as well i'm so glad that i'm able to record again and give you guys my intake and my thoughts about these uh, sports games as well as you know a little bit into my you know life and you know kind of where i'm at so uh it was a pleasure as always and uh, that's episode 44 from the inquisitive mamba we are signing off and uh we'll see you next time